and this is our podcast, Queer Religion, where we talk to people about the intersection of their faith and sexual identities. Kind of like a conversation between friends. Friends maybe with a boba tea. Hmm. Or rainbows. Unicorns. Or other fancy flags. Yes. Welcome back from the break. We hope you guys enjoyed the time off from our podcast. Oh, wait, you weren't gone? We were gone? Aww. Well, now we're we're back. back. Yep. More exciting than even that is that our guest with us today is... Ray! Ray. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. We're so pumped that you're here. Um, Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself and anything you would like to share, like what your (coughs) Tinder account handle is if you need it. (laughs) Okay, well, yeah, so my name's Ray. 32 years old. I'm a gay male living here in Hawaii Mm -hmm. since I was five years old. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. So thank you so much. Yeah. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your childhood, right? You mentioned that you've been here on Oahu since you were five, but um, maybe you could give us a little insight into the early years. Yeah. So I was born in the Philippines. I'm Asian American. Uh, My dad was in the military, so we kind of jumped around a lot. Um, that's where we um, ended up in Texas, lived in San Antonio, and then from five years old, I've been living here on Oahu. Nice. Do you have any memories before Oahu, or are most of them out here? <clears throat> I have vague memories of Texas, mm-hmm. um, you know, like moments of like fog, or one time I saw lightning strike a huge tree. Um, random things like that. But other but than not- that, it's all out here. Yeah. So you're a Hawaii mm-hmm. boy then. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, growing up, did you have any faith connection? Was your family like spiritually oriented to any particular group or belief system? Yeah, so I grew up Roman Catholic. That's um, what my parents grew up as. Uh, it's a very, I guess, prominent religion uh, in the Philippines or Filipinos in general. I think it's like 80% of... Oh, wow. Or last I checked. Yeah, that's a pretty high It's kind of like Ireland where it's like 80% of them are Or Mexico. Or identified as Roman Catholic. That's pretty high. Right, yeah. Is Mm -hmm. that, um, would you, what range of that? Because Roman Roman Catholicism has a lot of like, all the way from conservative to fairly liberal. Like, where would you say, like, where you fall in that spectrum? You know, I don't really know. I didn't, I never pictured my, um, myself on a spectrum in terms of Roman Catholicism, but I would say my parents are pretty religious, at least my mom is, um, you know, she would take us to church all the time, like more than once a week. Mm -hmm. We would go clean the churches, um, on the weekends, like every other week. Mm -hmm things like that. She would like celebrate different saints holidays. There's like always a holiday, a religious holiday. <laughs> so you know, very every involved. like every day. Yeah. So she was very involved with the church. Currently, um, she's in the choir. She still sings in the choir. She still sings in the choir, right. Did you sing in the choir? Are you a choir? I boy? participated in <laughs> 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 I, I participated in the choir only because Majority of my family did. So my sister at one point played the flute. My brother played the drums, which he still does. Mm-hmm. Um, so by default, I was 
partaking in that as well. <laughs> Everyone get in the car. We're all going to be in the, in the church yeah. choir, so you have pretty, to come too. Yeah, pretty much. But did you guys have, did they let people play drums in your church? Like that was a thing? Yeah, so my brother just accompanied. Um, they had a guitarist, uh, a singer, a vocalist, um, yeah, and the rest of the choir, basically. Oh, nice. So. Yeah. Well, because the church that I grew up in, they wouldn't let drums oh, when I was younger. That okay. was still like a yeah. thing. So mm-hmm. I was curious if that had... Yeah. So I grew up in Milani, mm-hmm. uh, and the choir, we went to St. John's. Um, the choir there, they were pretty modern in terms of like the music style and what kind of songs they played, mm-hmm. or I guess their spin off of, you know, more traditional songs. Nice. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, especially in a Catholic church. I haven't had that experience. It's more organs right. and mm-hmm. a little less fun. Yeah. So it sounds nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in growing up, right, involved in the Roman Catholic church, and you say now that your parents are religious, right, did did you personally feel, like, engaged in, in the religion? No. Did you go to, like, the classes and confirmation and all of that? Or how, how was that experience for you? I did the whole rundown of, you know, First Communion, Confirmation, you know, going to a retreat, you know, for, what is it, like a weekend or a week, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of going through that process and um, the whole shebang, you know, um, what's expected of you basically for religious use growing up in Roman Catholicism. What are the general expectations for religious youth, like ones that your church thought were important? Expectations? Or you said that the youth had, uh, what was the general expectations of people growing up as a Roman Catholic youth? Like what did they expect of you? You will be like this or you will follow these principles or like how was that? Yeah, it was basically like, it wasn't a question of how do you feel about this religion? It was more like, this is your religion, you need to follow the beliefs and carry that on. Mm-hmm. What were some of the beliefs that you felt were pretty important? Do you remember? It's been a while. <laughs> yes, it's been a while. Um, I mean, like, I think it's universal when it comes to like being, uh, you know, loving and kind, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that. Um, those are the biggest I guess, um, important things I pulled from religion, um, you know, helping the poor mm-hmm. or offering yourself to serve in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of pulled that now, uh, mm-hmm. even today, even though I don't consider myself religiously affiliated anymore to um, the church. But yeah, I mean, I'm still like going out to beach cleanups or mm-hmm. um, volunteering at the IHS, the homeless shelter. Um, so I feel like I, I maybe have been influenced by that or... For sure, right? Yeah. Because those things kind of give you a direction that you think is important. Right. How old were you at that point in time when you were a choir boy? <laughs> um, mostly in high school was when we were kind of, well, when I was more involved with mm-hmm being part of that choir, but I think that's also around the time when um, I felt a little more dis- 
connect mm -hmm. to the church as well. So around the same time, that was all happening. Were there any um, like messages about like sexuality or sex that you received like from the church? Yeah, they didn't talk too much about it, but they kind of did express, I guess, um, uh, disapproval of, you know, same-sex um, relationships. Um, I know at one point the deacon's wife had talked about her brother being gay and how he had quote-unquote straight away from you know God um, so there was you know sayings here and there or I guess mentions here and there uh, regarding kind of like a dis disapproval of that kind of uh, lifestyle mm -hmm. so uh, I think more and more I felt uncomfortable in church which is kind of you know ironic because church is supposed to be more of like a safe space for people and um, I felt like <clears throat> church became more of like you know you're walking down the aisle you know you're walking down the aisle and um, you know your mind's running through things toxic thoughts and just thinking to yourself like if people knew who I really was would they hate me and mm kind of like that's kind of how I felt at the time so I felt like that was parting more of that disconnect when when did you figure out that you were gay how early did you know that I <laughs> I because by that point in time you already yes knew that so you were I already right? knew correct um, I already knew I was gay since like middle school Maybe really? like sixth grade. Nice. Yeah. You got this. You see this huge grin on his face. I need to hear this story. No, I was like, okay. So, <laughs> when people mention that, like, when was the first time you knew you were gay? Um, I always think about like having a crush on my teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, and, that's very common. Yes, right. So I, I was exploring these thoughts. And I kind of knew from that point, like, I was interested in men. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I'd get really nervous around this teacher. I even had dreams about this teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I would say, like, yeah, around sixth grade, middle school was when I kind of started noticing. That's very self-aware. Did you, did you date in middle school at all? Some people do, some people don't. No, mm -mm. I didn't. Um, it's, it's a social, social game where kids are saying so-and-so like so-and-so, mm -hmm. or they would come up to you and say like, do you like so-and-so? Mm -hmm. I think she likes you, or she likes you. Mm -hmm. And God, playing the social game, <laughs> you're like, maybe and you kind of go with the flow mm -hmm. so and you're telling yourself do i like this person or are you just trying to hype up your friends and stir up some drama <laughs> <laughs> raise the raise over here stirring the pot yes. 
He's like, yeah. no, I like men, but let me give you a little yeah. bit of a game. Just <laughs> right. this. I like to try different things. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> Ray's like, I'm very, oh, very <laughs> exploratory. Yeah. Let me see what happens when I press this button. <laughs> Oh, awesome. just makes me think about how much I hate middle school. <laughs> the worst. So when did you uh, start exploring the, the, I mean, obviously you explored that mentally. Did you start to explore, I mean, not officially dating? Did you, did you date women? Did, how did, I mean, clearly they weren't women in sixth right. grade. Right, right, right. So I dated, I did date a girl when I got to high school. Mm-hmm. I was a freshman, she was a junior. Nice. And <laughs> Way to date I, up. Cougar. Right. Man. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. She just one day came up to me, put her hands next to my hands, locked fingers, and she kind of was leading the way. <laughs> and like, I went along. Now. <laughs> right. I went along for the ride. But after maybe it and and you know, flings are not fling. Um <laughs> It's so short, you know, sometimes in high school, because it only lasted, like, maybe a week or two. That can be and an eon in high school. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, things change pretty quickly <laughs> in high school. That microcosm. <laughs> Hopping along. Exactly. You know, keep up with the times in high school, you're done. <laughs> like, oh, that was last week. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. So, she took me to a play, a high school play, and during intermission... We were walking outside, and she asked me up front, what are we? And I had told her, can we just be friends? No! <laughs> Dagger! Because <laughs> to me, it didn't feel right. Right. Right? Given my sexuality, that I wasn't out yet, but I didn't want to play with her. Mm, that's very um, At that point, and... Uh, it was a good life lesson because she got, she was mad. Yeah. She was also my ride home. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt the tension pretty high. And she sp- sped to my house out of anger. And I was just crying in the car. Aww. I felt so bad that I had hurt her feelings. Right. But it had to be done, and from that point on, I was like, I am not going to date women mm-hmm. if it's going to lead up to this. And it didn't feel genuine or true to myself. Mm-hmm. So it was a good lesson. I had to go through that lesson and lesson learned. <laughs> lesson learned. That's good, learn. though. That could have been much worse. Like That's, that's good. <laughs> that's way, a lot like, of self-awareness. Yeah. It's not like you, even, you, get, you made it two weeks. Like, that's... <laughs> That's still, at that point in time, to be able to already know, like, no, this isn't genuine for me. That's a huge, at that age, I feel like, because emotions and hormones and all of that, that's a lot to deal with anyway. Once you're able to stick to to say, like, okay, I know this doesn't feel right for me, so I'm not going to do it. Like, I I wasn't my story. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I'd say, like, oh, oh, that could have been a choice. Okay. You know, but, like, so so to have that self-awareness and to be able to say, it's not right for me, I'm going to be true to myself, you know, it doesn't matter what other messages I'm receiving or mm-hmm. what someone else wants, like, this, this is what's right for me, like, that's right. a lot, particularly in high school at a young age, and, yeah. and not being out yet, too, mm-hmm. you know, 
so people, I think, once you come out, they're like, oh, and their expectations change, and things, right. quote-unquote, like, make sense now, right? Mm-hmm. But to, to not be out, but to still be willing to say, I'm, I'm not going to date like that, I'm not going to do this, yeah. like, that's And it wasn't the great. first time, I mean, other girls mm-hmm. were approaching me, um, kind of so doing the same thing, trying to hold my hands, um... Right, and you're just a catch, right? Like, they're gonna be so handsome, and people can't help themselves. <laughs> but having gone through that first lesson, it was much easier for me to let them down from point zero, because I knew hurting them now would be much less than hurting them later. So, so. raise the professional on the soft letdown. Like, yes, <laughs> I'm gonna take lessons. Wait, <laughs> Wendy. So. Take us then from there, because you essentially know, you know that this doesn't fit you. You're still going to church. Where do you go from there? So, I guess going through high school, I was out to some of my friends since, I want to say, early sophomore year, because I think what helped me come out was knowing other people who were gay. I joined the drumline and like a quarter of them were gay oh. and it was kind of nice and refreshing to wow. know what Who can I just knew? check in what year was this <laughs> I feel like uh, <laughs> my life is just yeah. a different journey I'm always interested in like wow that was like so but can you give me a time capsule like your high school years were when? yeah so my high school years was 04 to 07 oh, yeah. <laughs> Not to age myself here, but oh, okay. Yeah. So I felt pretty comfortable kind of coming out to my first best friend during sophomore year. I still remember I was shaking like a leaf. Aww. We were in Starbucks, and she had mentioned something. I don't, don't recall how she worded it, but I basically said that... How did I even word it? It's been a while. I worded it in a way that I hinted that I wasn't interested in girls. And it was very hard to mention that to my best friend, mm-hmm. who we were really close. We were seeing each other every day. But, you know, once I let it out, she was accepting about it. And I kind of felt like she would only because of the... I guess positive attitudes they had towards other people who were out. So it was a little easier for me. It was a little empowering then, because there's somebody else, like your interactions here are safe, so I feel like at least, as terrifying as it is, because I don't think it's ever not terrifying to anyone, right? Right. That you're going to lose all your connections, you're going to have people not take you for who you are, it's always a little terrifying, but at least that the odds are better. If somebody else, right. that they treat them well, right? Yeah. So and I think just being out helps other people. Like how me knowing other people were out helped mm-hmm. me come out. Um, so that representation visibility, really mattered. Yeah. That visibility, yeah. Visibility is so mm-hmm. important. I don't think a lot of people right. who haven't experienced like being in a minority group that you can't see, right? Like how important visibility is. Right. Because I think, you know, I mean, being, identifying as queer, a lot of times you can't see it on the surface, right? Mm -hmm. And so you don't always know and you don't know who's 
would support you and who wouldn't and you don't know if someone's like you and particularly we'll just say several years prior to your high school experience uh in my like experience you know it, i didn't know any gay people mm -hmm. i didn't have anyone to look at and be like oh like they're gay oh cool that's what that is or to even like get me thinking about oh, this could explain some of your personal thought process you know like the what i saw was oh i thought ellen was gay and then she got fired Right? Like, and then everyone was mean to her. Like, that was the one example that stuck out to me in that moment. I was like, so it, it did not feel good. And now, something I reflect on a lot is the visibility in television and movies. And so, even when something is terrible, people are like, oh, that's a terrible film or whatever. I'm like, who cares? There, there's gay characters in it. Like, there are trans characters in it. There are people with different life experiences being represented in different ways. And I think that, yeah, like you're saying, it's so powerful to be able to be like, there's someone else and I can be myself as well. There's a, there's a chance for it to be a safe thing for me to do too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I've had some, um, people mention, Oh, there was these gay characters. Why do they have to make this so political? But really existing in media isn't political. political. Yeah. We're just it's trying human. to exist <laughs> and represent the variety of people that exist in this world. Exactly. Um, and it matters. My wife always is like, oh, you say that all the time. But I'm like, guys, it's true, babe. Like, visibility matters. And you... Well, that's because you assume if you don't see anything that that doesn't exist. And the challenge is that it's not like people who are gay or lesbian or queer are new or even trans. Like, if you can go back in history, you'll find all of them if it's not raced out of, like, reports. Now, some of the information is really awful but it's there right so it's not new and yeah as a human i would just like to exist as a human authentic to who i am right and i think that that's the biggest gift you can give anybody is to accept people as authentic people where they are and how they are i think it's a huge gift so right. yeah yeah it's not political mm -hmm. but yeah. for i'm sure for people who feel like um that they're not exposed to that type of they haven't seen all these different varieties of people or interacted right. with them that it's it's just a political push right statement, this is just right. a statement and it's mm -hmm. not it's it's your life it's exactly. my life right yeah yeah mm -hmm. like sure. we hope to do with the podcast right and introduce people to the different life experiences and interactions of people who identify as queer and also have had religious experiences you know religious affiliations connections positive and negative personal things like you know, we hope to represent that spectrum because there's connection there for someone everywhere, you know? So back to then, nice segue, back to, catch us back to your story. You're in high school, you have come out to some friends, then... You're currently in the choir. Where does the, the change happen for you as far as your faith and your sexuality? You know, is there a point where it causes a break? You mentioned <clears throat> feeling disconnected. Right. I think I never felt, I guess, inner turmoil mm -hmm. um, with myself, which I think a lot of people who are religious have, have to go through that. Mm -hmm. And maybe they struggle more, um, possibly because they're more on the bisexual uh, part of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean... I mean, it's a possibility, right? right? Uh, where they have a choice and it becomes more of a... Um, it becomes more of a possibility for them to live that way. Um, so that they have to actually choose to live one way or the other versus right. knowing oh, <clears throat> I'm gay and this mm -hmm. is 
just not an option for me. Exactly. So that's one factor. Mm -hmm. I guess another reason for me that it was so easy to, I guess, accept was um, I felt like if there was a God, he would have no issues with two people loving each other regardless of gender. Mm -hmm. And that's just how I pictured God in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I never... I was... I consider myself fortunate that I never struggled internally with um, my sexuality. Like, like this needs to be shunned or it's a sin. I mm. never felt that way with myself. Even though you had messaging from the church that you identified, it didn't become internalized. That was something Correct. that was outside exactly. and not I didn't yours. compartmentalize that message um, internally. Mm. It was a separate thing, and I kept that separate uh, to my identity. Do you, do you know how you did that? I mean, that's really deep. I'm not sure you probably yeah. recognize that, but that would be... I mean, just just knowing, like, if there was an all-loving, mm. you know, all-benevolent God, I just didn't see any reason why he would have any issues um, with something so trivial, mm-hmm. like one person loving another person. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was easier to, I guess, overcome, um, not having to struggle whether it was a sin or not because even if other people were saying it was I didn't agree with that did you did you run into that often or did you have people confront you quite a bit or um yeah my mom oh yeah. yeah it was a struggle with my mom I didn't fully come out to her this was I was in college by that time, mm-hmm. um, but I would be making, um, I was pretty much out to my friends mm-hmm. by that point, uh, would make um, uh, same-sex, um, I guess, advocate for same-sex marriages, mm-hmm. um, I was um, running a uh, part of the marches for when Hawaii had the um, HB 444, I believe that was like 2010, Mm -hmm. Um, and then when it became legalized. For people who don't know, what's HB 444? It's the House Bill 444 where they tried to legalize same-sex marriage here in Hawaii. So you were an advocate for the same-sex bill? Right, so I would, you know, join the march, marches down near the state capitol, where it didn't go through that year, but eventually they had another bill um, under a different name or a different bill, but basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was passed in 2013, I believe, here in Hawaii. Nice. Yeah, so, um, but going back to my mom, she eventually found out and um, she was not having it. How did she find out? <laughs> I think it was because you're going through marches. Like, is that? I think it. Yeah, I can't recall exactly, but I think it was through um, media posts, and 
I was making signs in at home, <laughs> and she was not subtle, having it. Very subtle. <laughs> yes. So I think she knew before that time, but mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> so I was making signs, and she wasn't having it. She was like, not a single sign in my house. So I literally took my all my posters and continued my work at my friend's house <laughs> that time and yeah <laughs> did so you, did you guys ever sit down and talk about it or we never talked about it um later on through life like this was after college i don't recall how many years later but she i kind of felt like she was coming around she did at one point give me a random call saying she somewhere along the lines where she didn't care or that she accepted me it wasn't that direct much more but, passive but i think she, i think i understood what she was trying to say and yet i didn't respond probably in the way that she wanted mm. i was still in disbelief or I didn't, yeah, I didn't believe her, Mm. um, really, even though she had called me and said whatever, you know, she was trying to say, um, and it's like, can you blame me? Because you have been for years telling me one thing and now you're telling me the opposite. So even to this day, I'm not quite sure where she fits or what she believes in regards to um, gay or you know same-sex marriage or anything like that do you did you get the messaging that it was a sin and that you would go to hell or that she would just didn't want you to live that way or right you change your lifestyle right it was like all of the above but <laughs> I didn't believe in hell so that by was that very point. motivating. Yeah, so that was very motivating. If you and convinced me that it was a sin, that wasn't that was off my mm-hmm. list of <laughs> things not to worry about. Right. Um, yeah, so I knew like this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is how I want to live. Mm-hmm. And you telling me otherwise wasn't gonna really change my mind on that mm-hmm. basically <laughs> those so. are big wins by the way to have those especially with pressure from um family that you right. care about too right mm-hmm. like it's yeah. a lot of pressure and still to be able to hold to who you are and be comfortable with who you are in the face of all of that right yeah yeah so when you um so like when you describe how like you didn't see it as a sin, right? You hadn't believed in hell. Like, so for your spiritual journey, right, what was that like? You know, we went from being raised in the Catholic Church and participating, right, like you said, as you were expected to. Right. Um, but when did you start really developing, it seems like, your own kind of belief system and the things that guided you up to this point? Yeah, it was kind of like just like, for instance, like reading different Bible stories and thinking, why, why would God do that? Um, I also took um, a class in college called Speaking to Spirits, which was literature um, 
about different deities, different gods, different religions. Um, and it kind of all melded together. And I felt like going through that and how my own beliefs started to become less affiliated with the church. It was more like reading all this literature for me it was more like these were written by other these were written by men because mm. um, everyone is imperfect human and they captured a lot of that imperfection uh, in describing all these deities and the Bible's no different so I saw that as uh, I guess connection between um, some of these stories are written by man and uh, because they're I so guess, similar in, in ideology <coughs> or similar in storyline right or like content. you hear stories of like stubborn gods or mm -hmm. you know I just never pictured God to be like that mm -hmm. like stubborn or angry um, yeah but they're portrayed a lot um, in that way, even with um, a lot of stories. Um, like for instance, <laughs> what is that story? Um, Abraham and Isaac mm -hmm. sacrificing, I guess, the son? Yes, to, to prove your, I guess, faith to God. Mm -hmm. um, I always thought it would be the opposite. Like, if you're sacrificing your son and you're willing to do it, you failed the test because <laughs> you didn't place importance in that person's life. And mm -hmm. to me, that is something a benevolent God would believe. Mm -hmm. Like, all life is important. So if you're willing to sacrifice your own son, even though I told you to, you failed the test. <laughs> but in the, in the, in the story, I yeah. guess he, he, he passed pass the test, the test right? to show your... Devout faith. So there's just different, I guess, ways to interpret stories and yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's so many religions are connected when you you know sit and look at them, you know, so many of them have a golden rule, right? It's right. not a fresh idea in Christianity, you know, many religions have the same basic idea of like treat others the way you want to be treated, however right. it's worded. You right. know, there are such similarities. And like mm -hmm. you're saying, you know, these human characteristics put on to yeah. this omnipresent being, you know, where you're like, well, that doesn't quite make sense, you know. Right. Um, and I think modern religions, too, they focus more on, you know, that, that role, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated, you know, be more loving and kind. Whereas I think older testaments in the Bible were um, more based on fear, basically. Mm -hmm. Whereas nowadays it's more based on love. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's an improvement. Well, and it sounds like you took, um, you know, from, from your religious experiences, you have taken the principles of the faith that, that spoke to you, that felt true, right? You're right. saying you still are of service. You know, you still support love. You know, those things that are, you know, a part of Roman Catholic Church, but you've taken for yourself. So with that in mind, where do you see yourself um, as far as like a, a spiritual person, spiritual practice yeah. now? Um, 
I don't really consider myself a spiritual person. Mm -hmm. I would just say, you know, science and love, that's my religion, basically. <laughs> like, the truth. I want the truth mm -hmm. um, with the world, how it works. Um, and just being kind to one another is basically my quote-unquote religion. Uh, right. That's just my belief. Um, you know, I don't really dabble on whether there is or isn't a God. Um, I guess, accurately, my, I guess my label would be agnostic atheist, where I'm not um, claiming that there is or isn't a God, but I believe, I don't believe in a God, mm -hmm. or a deity, or multiple deities, or... Um, so yeah. if there is one that exists, it's really not affecting my life, because these are the values that are important. Correct, mm -hmm. yeah. Because you can dabble on that idea. I think, again, going back to the speaking to spirits literature, um, there's all kinds of ways you can believe, you know, whether you think that there's multiple deities um, involved in your life or in the world, or one deity or none. Um, you can speculate, but there's no way to really prove 100% so to me just um, just exploring the truth mm -hmm. what you can and at the same time going through life and just being loving and treating other people with kindness um, and yeah. respect as a human and acceptance and understanding correct mm -hmm. yeah excellent tenets yeah I'm gonna go back a little ways so at last we left you, you were dating girls, decided you wouldn't date girls, so when did you actually date guys? Did you, how long did that take you to move through that? So, when did you become bold? Yeah, so I, um, I didn't dabble with relationships in high school other than that first <laughs> She's like, I was, girl. That was enough. Yes, and I was, <laughs> yeah, I was actually busy in high school, I kept busy. Um, you know, I was part of the marching band, so mm -hmm. all four years, I was part of the Interact Club, they're a, kind of like a volunteer service club, um, all four years, I did Tri-M, Symphony Orchestra, Environmental Club, Art Club, so oh, wow. I was pretty busy with after school hours, there was no time. You had no a lot time. of free time there, right? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you could have squeezed yeah. a few dates in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no time to, and it wasn't part of, it, it wasn't on my mind, mm -hmm. so... Really, the first time, um, I guess, experiencing physically with another dude, which, by the way, I did get approached a couple times by dudes mm -hmm. in high school. Um, did they know which you were I, out, or you had still not? No, I never was never okay. really out to general public. General public, although I did tell myself if anyone ever asked, I would be honest. Nice. But I didn't go and, you know, um, announcing it to the world. You didn't raise your rainbow flag? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> Not until after. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was kind of, that was kind of nice to just mm -hmm. be approached by, um, a boy, mm -hmm. you know, and. That's a really and, nice feeling, isn't it? Right. Yeah. It is a nice feeling. Um, and then to be able to say, I'm too busy for this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it that way, but. <laughs> Um, when I come out, yeah. we'll talk. Right. <laughs> you should see my yeah. schedule. I cannot. <laughs> Get in the queue. Yeah. <laughs> Line um, it up. 
Yeah, so I didn't really date anyone um, in high school up until, af- yeah, after high school. I, um, I guess for gay people, internet is a big platform to meet each other. Mm-hmm. Aside from like bars or clubs, um, mm-hmm. which I was still too young at the time. Right. Although when I was 18, they did have an 18 and older club. Mm. Um, called Venus nice. here, which is no longer open, but at the time it was an 18 and over club. So that was my first experience of a um, out or I guess socially acceptable mm. um, space for LGBT to kind of meet together and just have fun. Mm-hmm. But going back to dating, <laughs> I actually, my first time with someone <laughs> was a priest. Oh, well, great. Okay. I was of age, though. I was always... like, <laughs> that might be a different podcast. Um, <laughs> I was 19. Do we need to connect you with some support? Like, <laughs> I was already 19. Okay, okay. He was, a, he was a young priest. He was like in his mid-30s. I think I want to say he was like 35 or 36 when I met him. Right, these older men. Like, forget <laughs> the cougar women. <laughs> yeah, so that was my first experience with another um, male. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we watched a movie. We got a little handsy. <laughs> um, but, so, he was fun. But, and I remember he took a vacation on his own. He went camping. He invited me over. We went to a secluded shore mm-hmm. where I met with him on the weekend and it was just nice and relaxing. You know, he would be cooking steaks on a grill. Um, we'd just be listening to the ocean and the breeze. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't last long either. That was like less than a month because at that point, and we would make jokes too, like, I would be like, oh, I'm going to come to your service and uh, <laughs> make you put the bread in my mouth. And <laughs> he would, like, come back and say, or I would be like, oh, I want to paint you naked. That was in art class at the time. And he's like, oh, you can paint your mother behind me. And like, oh, wow, you got jokes. <laughs> but, um, so long term would have gotten awkward, huh? <laughs> I, I did, so end it um only because like how am i gonna make this work it's not possible i can't keep dating a priest um unless he leaves his occupation which i was gonna force him to so yeah it wasn't gonna work long term but it was fun while it lasted and well sometimes those first right are just enough to give you an idea that there's another part of life that would be something that you would want, right? And right. they may not be moving forward, but you had already decided by 19 that that's you knew who you were and you're going to live your life. So right. sometimes those are the gifts that you get with those yeah. mm-hmm. first experiences. Yeah. And yeah. First of many. <laughs> first of many. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not really. So line up for Ray. <laughs> we did mention very handsome. <laughs> funny, funny, yeah. funny. Yeah, first of many, congratulations on <laughs> Welcome to the Owl World. Yeah. Um, if you got 
the opportunity to talk to your younger self or to somebody else in the community who hasn't quite got all the way out of the closet or they're just looking at the world, any advice that you would or things that you hoped that people should know? I mean, it's very broad, right? But right. Well, if I had to look back to myself, mm-hmm. I think I went through, I don't think there would be much I would change mm-hmm. differently other than maybe being a little more open with myself in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes you think back and like, oh, I wish I wish I brought a, a guy to the prom, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which at the time it really didn't matter. It was more, f- to me, it was more for just fun. Right. But still, it would have been nice to um, bring a guy and... Could you have at that point in time, do you think? Would it have been accepted? I think I could that? have. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also part of the GSA, which is the Gay Straight Alliance. And they were kind of starting up, mm-hmm. so there was some representation of people out um, to other students. Um, but even then, it was still hard, you know, hard um, to, do, to, right? to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think overall, through the life lessons I've gone through, there wasn't much I would change about how I went through life. Um, yeah, other than the being able to put myself out there more mm-hmm. and become, I guess, um, a, a role model maybe to someone else mm-hmm. who, uh, who may have been more closeted than I was, right. even though technically I, I was closeted to I was closeted, but public. I was in the drum line, the yeah, alliance, <laughs> went to the bill marches. Yeah. yeah, if your mama didn't know by then, she would have yeah. been an ostrich in the sand. Right, so, yeah. That's it, a lot of social justice and <laughs> advocacy. Yeah, I kind of went full on after high school. So, yeah, there was that. <laughs> there was that. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Yeah, but I would say, yeah, for other people... Um, if, if they're in a position or they feel safe enough to, go for it and be an idol to someone else. I have a gay cousin and he became, he expressed one day that I was kind of like an inspiration to him, mm-hmm. which caught me by surprise. Like, I don't consider myself like um, <laughs> anyone to be... Um, an inspiration for but uh, I guess just being open about mm-hmm. about myself and my sexuality kind of helped him uh, overcome any kind of I guess inner turmoil that he was going through so there are people that you don't know um, that you're affecting their life positively just by being out right so I that's one thing I think I would have changed was just be out sooner <laughs> and be a role model to other, you know, other people through my youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's great advice, actually. Yeah. I would, yeah. But would, again, it's not, not everyone has the same privilege would, um, to be out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes there are situations where they don't feel safe enough to I may not be safe right right we're not be safe enough to and there's no judgment there um you know come out when you feel safe yeah um 
when you feel comfortable uh, and no one's judging you if you are or aren't mm-hmm. um, you know you pick when you feel that time is right so but there is a rich life on the other side of coming out like there is a you can right a there's a burden life. lifted a big burden lifted mm-hmm. um, you don't feel like um, you're not your true genuine self mm-hmm. when you're holding on to this not necessarily a lie but concealing the truth mm. and it just builds up inside you and it just becomes toxic and once you finally let that go it's a little easier and things get better and you're thinking less uh, I guess toxic thoughts mm-hmm. um, yeah <laughs> awesome so the hardest question Heather has the hardest question re- reserved for you we end this with everyone so we must know what is your favorite boba tea order <laughs> do you have one I I don't know if I can pick one um, I like brown sugar there's taro there's honeydew there's mango a um, man who is open to the world of possibilities exactly <laughs> so gentlemen if you hear that Ray, Ray likes to explore his options please line up we will <laughs> Post his details. Well, maybe not. Maybe not have consent yet. But the man of many options. Well, thank you so much, Ray, for being with us, for sharing your story. We really appreciate having you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, you guys can find us uh, on Twitter at Queer Religion Pod, which is one R, Queer Religion. Or you can email us at queerreligionpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a website up. We're working on that still to get you more options and resources. But other than that, we've missed you. We hope you're doing well. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.